Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Nova Insider Network. Another special edition of the Full 40. It's Final Four week, and we have not only a guest, I'm viewing viewing him as a co-host at this point, back on the program once again, Alan Ray, the legend himself. Alan, welcome welcome to the show. What's good, fellas? Nova Nation, what's good? Good to have you back. It is good to have you back. I can't believe you put up with us twice and you agreed to come on yet a third time too, but here we are. Everyone yeah, who makes yeah. mistakes. Yeah, my guys. Yeah, my guys. <laughs> I appreciate that. I question your judgment a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> the, uh, but, but it's, it's really good to have you on. And we just figured, you know what, this week, I know, I know from my perspective, when Villanova makes a Final Four, every time Villanova's made a Final Four, even the Elite Eight, long run in the tournament, whatever, I just want just an endless, like an IV of Villanova content. Like, I just want to do nothing but talk and read about Villanova. So Rob and I like to say that we do God's work on this podcast. And this is what, this is the intent. Everyone wants really Villanova content. Here we are with more content. Absolutely. So, this so, is my first time being home when they are in the final four and the other time I was overseas. So that's right. Yeah. So that's I'm right. actually like, I'm like actually like tuned in and with everything that's going on. Yeah. Amazing. And you and I were talking about, let's start there. You and I were talking about that on the phone the other night. Um, you had said, you had said last year, you had started to watch some of the games and comment on Twitter and whatever, and you were getting some interactions so you've done that now for a whole year. How has that been? Uh, it's been great, actually. Um, when I first started doing it, you know, like I said, I was just out there just tweeting what I saw in the game, and I started getting some interactions. And then all of a sudden, it kind of turned into a, hey, Ray, do you think we could win today? Or what do you think we need to do to win? And, you know, then I just started like, okay, let me analyze some of these games. And then I started doing that, and then a lot of people started liking that. I mean, that's like one of the main things now that everybody wants to see. Now, do you watch, so you sometimes have put out like, oh, I'm going to put out a clip that kind of goes into what I'm talking about. Do you get like extra game film? Are you DVRing games or like, how are you breaking it down? Are you rewatching? What what goes into your analysis? So like, basically like when I'm watching games, like I'll take notes, like I'll take notes or like stuff that I see um some trends that I see and then I'll go on like YouTube to see if I could find like a full game and then I'll rewatch the game and then just take little points from here and there and parts of the game and just like break them down on video and then add on and, and put it on Twitter um but if I had like access to full games and like a telecast I think that's what it's called like yeah. I, I could I could do some things Oh, you mean like the telestrator? Like you could draw? Yeah, it tell, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. That's that'd be pretty cool. It's a, it's a, it sounds like a lot of work. I'm impressed already. I would be like, yeah, yeah I tried this for about 15 minutes. I'm good. Move on. I could, I, I could do some things with that. 
Yeah. So is that a lot based on kind of like just, you know, being a, a college athlete, being a pro athlete, like you have to break down, you have to watch film. That's like part of it. Is that just kind of like lessons learned from that experience? Or do you think that you have like an additional skill um, as it, as it pertains to it? Bro, I played at Villanova for four years. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the most detailed scouts ever. Like we, like the scouts at on Villanova for games are like so detailed, like everything is broken down. And that's where I get, that's where I learned how to do all of that stuff from. Like I just, I just apply what I learned there to what I'm doing now. Like the, the you, it's unbelievable how, how detailed that stuff is. Yeah. So you do right now in your career, um, post your professional basketball career, um, and just correct me if I'm saying anything wrong, but you do home improvements and 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 contract work. Yeah, with have, uh, with the real estate. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever thought about like a, a career in analysis or or an assistant coaching or anything of that nature? Does that cross your mind? Um, not really. You know. Um, I kind of wanted to go in a different route. I feel like um, I always can coach if I wanted to, like, you know, get, be an assistant. But uh, I don't know, right now it's just not what I want to do. I just finished playing not too long ago, a couple of years ago. Like, I just want to enjoy some free time. Like, when yeah. you're coaching, you're coaching, like, you're all over the place, traveling and staying in late night sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm not ready to, like, have to go – put gas in Coach Rice Range Rover or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is hilarious. So we had, um, we've had John Shackleton, Shaq, Shaq Fit on the podcast a couple of times. And one of the stories that he told on the podcast, so is that um, when he was, he helped the team out one summer after, um, I forget who the prior strength and conditioning coach was, but he helped the team out one summer to help them bridge the gap. And then, uh Shaq was like talking to Jay and Jay was like you know why don't you get um why don't we go uh I, I gotta go to a haircut um here's my keys you drive me <laughs> and in that car ride he made him the job offer to become the Villanova strength uh performance coach for the uh for the basketball program but I just thought it was so funny that he was like oh yeah I'm gonna get my haircut uh you know take the keys you drive <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to be a chauffeur yet. <laughs> totally, totally fair. Totally fair. Oh, I that's would, so I would not good. want to either. That's so good. I love that. Um, anyway, well, I, I gotta tell you, if you ever wanted to do it, uh, the, the analysis that you do on in 280 characters on Twitter and, and responding to fans and everything, like just, you have a, you have a special skill. I really, and you break it down and you do it succinctly and it's, and it's awesome. And I love following you for it. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. I've got, I've gotten a lot of that lately. I didn't really think, you know, people would like be following me like that and really enjoyed it like that. Yeah. No, it's, it, it it's awesome. Um, all right. But moving on, let's talk a little bit about the, the this team, this tournament, this final four run. And I just wanted to ask you, like, if you had to pick, like, the top two or three things that you've noticed about this team that has made this team a Final Four team, like, what, what, what would that be? The number one thing for me 
and I, I told Coach Wright this, was the toughness of this team. Like, this is one of the toughest teams that I've seen in a while, you know, as far as, like, getting down and gritty, taking charges, diving on the floor, and, like, playing real physical. Like, this team is real physical because we've been we've played against some big teams with some big inside presence, and we, we get the job done. You know, Providence with big Nate Watson. Um, Michigan, you've seen what we did with uh, Dickinson. Um, Houston, they had some big guys down there. Like, I just love the toughness of this team. Like, we, 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 we don't back down from anybody. I think that's, like, the number, number one thing that I, I really enjoy about this team. And the second thing is also we don't really run too much offense, you know, pick and roll, a couple of um, ball handoffs, and, like, that's really it. Everything else is just playing the game, understanding the game, back cuts, you know, finding open shots, dribble drive, penetration. And I think that's why a lot of our guys who go to the NBA, they're successful in the NBA because this is like an NBA kind of offense already, you know. It's just just go out there and make plays. And Kansas kind of plays the same way as well. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's been a staple of the program. I don't I, we've never really run a lot of offense under Jay. Right. So I've got yeah. a, I've got a real dumb question for somebody who's not a basketball expert by any means. I, I know there's a lot of talk, like a little bit more familiar on like the NFL side. People are like, oh, it's like an NFL offense versus like a college offense. Is what you just described kind of the difference between an NBA offense and a college offense, college being like, oh, we're going to call more set plays and NBA is a little bit more free flowing and guys have to kind of feel it out and pick what the opportunities are. So this is, this is the funny thing. So like in college, I, you don't, not really running so many plays, you know, if you ever look at an NBA game, like there's a lot of plays being run. Like, let's say the Sixers, for instance, you might have a cross screen for MB coming to the block and then there's another down screen for I don't know James Harden coming to the top and then once James Harden get up top you got some weak side action with like Tyrese Maxey and somebody else like there's a whole bunch there's a whole bunch of stuff going on so it's not like that it's not like that in college but you take a program like Villanova where guys know how to play without having to like use plays and then you go to the NBA and you incorporate that style with plays you know it makes it harder for you to guard makes it makes it makes it kind of easy you know interesting that's cool that's really cool yeah and yeah you started using those terms and like i said just over my head so (laughs) but appreciate the insight that's great (laughs) oh come on man we 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 kill people on the weak side we we back people down the post and then we whip a pass to the weak side and that's where we usually find our open threes this is what i'm saying like that's that's it like it's possessions like that we come down post up they send the double team, pass, pass, three in the corner. Like, that's that's just playing basketball. Like, there's no plays. Like, when I was there, we would have down screens. I used to come up with a lot of down screens. I guess that's because coach felt like I was, I don't know, J.J. Reddick or somebody. I, I was good with coming off screens like that. So, I used to have a lot of down screens, cross screens to get shots. Yeah. Well, he would run those plays because, I mean, but the other thing, too, is that you, like, you are like, you're like so tough in terms of how you even like cut, like you get a screen or you make a cut and whatever, like you always like put your foot in the ground and got to your spot, like real hard. And like, sometimes I feel like people, I watch other teams come come off screens and whatever. And they're kind of like lollygag around, like 
You watch yeah. like when like I'm, you watch like Steph Curry. He comes off of screens like he is like working his ass off to get open. I feel like you were the same way. Yeah, I had to be, man. Like the scouting report, not to let me shoot. I used to have guys trailing me and not leaving me. And I like to score, so I had to get open. <laughs> yeah, you like to score? You only scored a, a 2,000 plus at Villanova. I think you okay. like to score. Yeah, uh, anyway. I like to score. Yeah, I, I I derailed us. I took us off off track though with my NBA question. So Chris, why don't why don't we get us back on track? I know you asked about the, I know you asked about the the couple key things for for this team as well. So yeah, I, I was just gonna add. I, I agree on the toughness factor. This team is like toughness for days, and they're gonna have to be really tough this week coming up with with being down Justin. But but and we'll get into that in just a little bit. But I, I, the other thing I think that this team does, and you and I were exchanging some texts on it. I think this team just like sticks to the game plan. Like they're so disciplined when it comes to the game plan. Like this tournament has been all about like, we're going to slow everyone down. And I feel and it's going to have to be even more so in the next couple games if we're going to win a title. But like the, the way this team sticks to the game plan is, 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 in, is incredible. Yeah. You, you definitely right about that. That's a great point. I mean, last game against Houston, they had zero fast break points. Like the 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 um game plan was to slow the game down, and that's what they did. I mean, Colin, Justin, they walked the ball up, damn near eight seconds every time. Took as much time off the clock. Made Houston play defense for twenty seconds. Like all of that stuff it, it, at the end of the game, towards the end of the game, like that stuff wears you out. Like it really does. I also have to imagine that it makes a team mental. Like when I was watching Houston, I mean, what everyone's talking about, they went one for 20 from three. Um, but, but when I watched them shoot, like they felt like they had, it was like they, they were shot, like they were hurrying it up. Like they like felt foot, even on an open shot, they felt like they had footsteps, like they could hear them and they heard us coming and they, they it, and it feels like that all stemmed from like, A, how we played offense, walking the ball up the court, making us defend for an entire possession. Um, but also how we kept them off the glass in the first half, I thought was super critical to how, to how Houston kind of responded mentally. Yeah. You, you could look at how frustrated Edwards was. Edwards was their shooter. He was knocking down shots. It's a lot different when you got to get that shot in half court, as opposed to she breaking everybody down on a full court and kicking it to you for a wide open three, you know? And all his shots were contested. Like every single one was contested. Like you could just tell the way he was throwing up shots. Like he was he was frustrated because he can't get a, a decent look. So like you said, that was just like a real disciplined game plan. What do you think has been the, what do you think has been this team's like biggest development points? Cause we talked to you in the early part of the season back in November. And at that point we had lost a couple games. We had lost to Purdue. We had lost to, um, we had lost to UCLA. Yeah. Then, then we talked to you a little bit into the big East season. Um, and we had started to play a lot better. I think we talked to you right after the Georgetown game, which we had an iffy first half, but then kind of came around Jermaine. That game happened to be a Jermaine Samuels uh, second half game. Uh, but what, how do you think this team has progressed? What things have you noticed have improved? Um, closing out games, you know, we we did a better job of closing out games as compared to the beginning of the season. We would kind of let them slip away as as the season went on. We kind of progressed and like that's that mental toughness that came in. Um, we we learned how to close out games. Um, 
different players stepping up. So there's been a number of instances where Colin and Justin hasn't been on scoring as much because the other teams is like focusing on them. We had games where Slater stepped up. We had games where Easy stepped up. And then uh, obviously you see what Jermaine is doing now, you know, which is like he's basically been carrying us this tournament. You know, so I, I think that was one of the big progressions of the season with these guys being able to close out games and just like everybody stepping up. Oh, I can't forget Caleb either. Caleb's been awesome. playing great. Yeah, He's been playing awesome for a while now. He's been playing real good. So just like so, little things like that. So so I've got to ask, and I'm I'm super guilty of this. So we've been doing this podcast now for four years. And every year in the podcast, we're always – I don't know, mid-season where I was like, I, you know, I don't know if this team's going to get it together, whatever, whatever. And then, of course, come mid-March, the team has put it together and, and looks almost like a different team. And it seems to become, I don't know if it's a bit of a, a Villanova hallmark or if it's just college basketball in general, but like, what is Jay doing with these guys? Like, what's happening in the program that it just kind of coalesces together seemingly at the end of the year at always the right time? It's just, I would say repetitiveness, you know, we doing the same thing over and over and over again, um, sticking to the plan. Like Coach Wright doesn't really allow his guys to like focus on anything that's going on outside. You know, don't worry about what they say in the papers. Don't worry about what they say on Twitter, like focus on what we're doing. And when you get that focus and then like you finally lock in, it's just like, you're like a tunnel vision, you know? And obviously these guys want to win too you know you can tell they want to win Colin's back Colin came back for this reason you know to 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 get here to the final four like these guys want to win absolutely um yeah I mean it's been a it's been a sight to behold I I think we all thought that this team had the pieces had the components so to speak to, to to make a run but early on in the season and like, you know, we, you lose some tough games on the road in many cases to, to some good opponents. And you're like, ah, does this team have that extra gear? Blah, blah, blah. It's funny how like, yeah, we do. Um, and it's also funny kind of like you always assume, oh, the extra gear has to come from someone buried on the bench who hasn't revealed themselves yet. And then here you go. It's Jermaine Samuels, the guy who's always been there all along doing everything. And then boom, he hits March. And we joke, we call him Jermarch on the podcast, but, but he's, uh, but he's become like, he's just become the guy this tournament. Yeah, he has. I mean, and it's funny because he has the matchups. Like this is why it's great playing against other conferences and other top teams to see other styles of basketball during the season. So like you play in the big East, like everybody knows each other. It's like your brothers, you're all playing against each other. The coaches know all the players. They know all the plays. They know what everything you're going to do. So it's like it's, it's real tough in the Big East to um, to play, you know, that, that style of basketball. But then once you get to the tournament and you start playing against these other styles of basketball and it's just like, wow, like Michigan and Ohio State, Big Ten, like they, they've never seen quickness like Villanova. And like those are the perfect matchups for Jermaine because he's playing against bigger guys who are slower than him. And now he's getting confidence because he knows he can get by them. He can get his shot off now a little quicker. And the Big East guys are kind of like his size a little bit, but now he's he's got a, a mismatch advantage in this tournament. He's had one every single game of the, um, yeah. of the tournament and he's, and he's taking advantage of it. Yeah. 
Uh, the the thing though, he's got a he's got a tough matchup coming up for him because Ibaji is a hell of a defender, and uh, and I, I I assume that he's going to be on on Jermaine, but the uh, but it's it, it's it's been awesome to watch him. And the one thing I've loved that we've done, especially in this tournament, I feel like we've been finding him for an early look. Um, we did it against Houston. I think he scored the first couple points against Houston. I think he scored the first couple points against Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken. And then I know he had six early versus Michigan. Like I, I, I love the feeling of getting a guy involved early. Is that is that a is that a real thing? Is like if you get involved early, you feel more in the flow of the game. Oh, if I come out and hit my first shot, forget about it. Like I'm feeling real good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling real good. It's like it's nothing like hitting your first shot. Just imagine coming out and missing your first shot. You're like, oh damn. So now you're like, okay, what I gotta fix, what I gotta do. And then like you start getting to your head a little bit. But when you make your first shot, it's like, okay, it's on. Let's get it. Yeah. Oh, I I'm just curious, kind of like, is there a player on this team with whether they're playing like this right now or whatever? But is there a is there a particular player who you are who you like? Are just like that's your favorite guy, or I know it's hard to pick favorites. No, you got to pick a favorite. You pick have your to favorite pick. guy. Yeah. Pick one. I gotta. I, let me see, man. I really like. See, I, I love when Slater's like on his game because like that dude just do everything. Like I, I love watching him play when he's like healthy, in rhythm. Like he's blocking shots, he's hitting threes, he's getting to the basket, he's strapping up on defense, taking charges. Like I, I, I love that. But I mean, my man, I, I, I love uh, Colin too. You know, I just love how how tough he is, man. I, I know a lot of teams come out. And they see Colin and they're like, oh, I'm about to dog him. But that that's not happening. <laughs> Colin is tough as he's tough as nails. He'll he'll guard you up, hit a three in your face, go grab some rebounds. Like that one game when he was hurt, but he had 10 rebounds. Like that's yeah. Like you can't teach that. Yeah. You can't teach that. All right. So so you got you got one guy, you're going in a two on a two on two tournament, million bucks on the line. Which guy from this team are you taking? Is it Colin? Yeah. Nah, I'm a, I'm gonna take uh, Jermaine because I'm gonna right. do all I'm I'm gonna do all the shooting, so I need somebody to rebound. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I love that. That's terrific. Oh man, uh, <laughs> Jermaine, know your role. Just get under the basket. Hey, I got it J- covered. Jermaine would be happy. Jermaine would be happy to do that. That's totally true. I, totally I, true. I've said this on a number of podcasts already, but I w- I went to the the game Villanova versus Providence at uh, the Pavilion. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the closest I've sat for a game in, since I've been a student um, and sitting that close, you really could see in that game, how impactful Jermaine was on both ends of the court. He's everywhere doing everything. It's incredible to watch. Yeah, he, he definitely is. Yeah. What, uh, let me ask you guys for me, I would say after the Marquette loss, I kind of was feeling like maybe this team can make it to the to the Sweet 16. I felt like that was probably as far as they could go. But then after they beat Providence, I kind of really seen like, man, this team is good as hell. So like, where do you guys think that uh, they was going to end up this year? Yeah. If you like to be honest, I'm not going to say I, I I didn't think they would make it to the Final Four. Like yeah. on. I didn't, I didn't think they would be able to get there. They, they're no. like a completely different team right now. 
I so I'll, I'll go first. Yeah. In the and Rob, you can check me on this, but like yeah. in the in the initial episodes of the podcast for this season, I I was like, don't like I have all the expectations. I think this team can make a final four. I think this team can win a national championship. This that and the other thing. That was before the season started. Yep. Then after we lost at UCLA, after we coughed up the lead that we had against Purdue, and we got blown out against Baylor and Creighton. I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know what? A second weekend appearance would be, would be, would be good. I it, candidly, like ever since you guys have been there, I've always been like, you know, if you make the second weekend, everything else from there is matchup oriented. It's crapshoot tournaments tough, but like, you know, second weekend's good. And I'm going to be happy with that result. And truth be told, even at the beginning of the season, you told me this team was going to make a sweet 16 elite eight. I'd be happy. Like, I'm always like, I, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty realistic on that front. Uh, Cause this tournament can just like, you could just cat, run into the wrong team at the wrong time. And it just how it goes and it's unforgiving and it doesn't matter how well you played. If you just catch the wrong team on the wrong night, you can, you can go home unhappy. Um, after the two Marquette losses, I was really frustrated. Like you mentioned. Um, but then actually I started to feel better after not the Providence win, but the Yukon loss actually. Mm -hmm. And I know we all were mad that we lost that game, but I just felt like we lost that game uncharacteristically with like a missed free throw, uh, a turnover on a held ball that like is a mistake that like you could blame the refs, but it doesn't matter. Like I was like, it's a mistake that we don't make. Colin calls timeout nine times out of 10. Um, Caleb hits that front end of the one-on-one nine times out of 10 and we win that game. And in that environment, I was like, this team is, this team is rock solid. And then from there, after that loss, we haven't lost after that loss by two, we mm-hmm. haven't lost a single game since. And so when we got the draw for the tournament, I said, this team could make the final four. I thought we'd see Arizona, who I thought was a really tough matchup, but we didn't. And, and once kind of Arizona lost to Houston, I said, this is going to be a tough game, but I think we can get it done. Yeah. And I think for me, I, kind of a similar pattern and trajectory over the year Definitely had the bullish start, got pretty negative after the couple losses. I will say, I, I will definitely admit though, I was less, I was slower to get on, to get back on the uptick. I was a little bit like, hey, I know we've got a bunch of these wins. I don't see necessarily the quality of wins that I was looking for. Cause when we accumulated a lot of those biggest wins, yeah, we, we had. 17 against 17 Xavier early on in January, but then you pick up the loss against Marquette. Yeah. I'll win against then again, then 17 UConn. I'm like, okay, that that's a couple nice ones that find their mid teen ranked. I'm still not totally there that we could beat a top team because at that point we hadn't, and we had kind of blown those opportunities. So I was, I was looking for a little bit more of a track record there. Obviously the Providence win when Providence was top 10, was obviously huge and doing it at the dunk was a big one. So I started to say, okay, you know, we're back in the good graces of, I feel good about this team. I think the thing that I was looking for throughout the year was a question of who was going to step up and who was going to be a really consistent player besides Colin and kind of besides Justin, because until that point, Jermaine had been very up and down, which I think has been, you know, a little bit of a trademark of, of his career, unfortunately. And Dixon had started to show some, started to show some flashes of, yeah, this guy can contribute on a regular basis. 
And Caleb was starting to show, show some elements of it, but hadn't done it on a consistent basis. So at that point, you know, we're, we're in mid-February already, and there were still a lot of question marks in my mind about, okay, we get into, you know, the round of 32 or even the Sweet 16, you've got a tough matchup there. And I don't know if somebody locks down Colin like Houston did, who else is coming to the table that's going to propel us into the next round? Now, as as the season continued to go on, you started to see that a lot more. And I think that made me a little bit more bullish on it. Dixon showed, yeah, I can show up day in and day out. Slater also started started to get healthier towards the very end of the season. So for me, it was really kind of that those last kind of weekish of the season into the Big East tournament where you said, okay, there are enough complementary pieces here because now I look around and say, I know Dixon can get it done. Samuels is starting to play more consistently. Daniels was contributing double digits every single night. And Slater had shown enough upside that I said, okay, I, I think there are enough weapons here that we can actually make a little bit of noise in the tournament. Though I will readily admit, did I expect us to make a Final Four? Absolutely not. I will be the first one to say I did not predict that. Um, but I'm very glad I was wrong. Always happy to be wrong when it results in us going farther. So it's been an interesting ride for this team. I'm, that's it. I'm glad we ended up where we are. For sure. And I asked that question because now you got to look at it this way. And it's like, it's like this, it's going to be like this every, every season. And it's going to be like this in the game. So this is why I'm always telling people on Twitter to stop freaking out. You know, sometimes like you're going to have your ups and downs during the season. But as long as they consistent and still doing the same thing, like eventually it's going to click. Like it, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's going to click. And it happens in a game. We start off good. Then the other team makes a run. Everybody's freaking out. Then we get it. We get it back together. And then we make our run. And we usually um, win the game. So that's like, that's why I asked it, asked that question. So hopefully people get that in their head. Like it's not going to be perfect all the time. <laughs> I would say that Robin and I, we, 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 we say this podcast is the fans take on Villanova basketball. I would say that we're pretty in the middle. Uh, I, it's my, it's my belief is that we're pretty in the middle. Like we can get hot, high and low, but like we've been watching college basketball for 15 years. I, like, like when you were, when we were freshmen, and I was an 18 year old kid and you guys lost a game. I was wrecked. I was like totally wrecked by a loss, right? Like, like over time you see enough weird losses and enough like cool wins. And like, you kind of like start to even out and like, they don't, they don't kill you or, or, or you don't ride as high as you used to. Some people, yes, we, we've definitely, I will say, we've definitely got some friends who I, I think they, they haven't uh, gotten rid of that anxiety around it too. And they're, they're up and down every single game. Though I, I will, uh, Ray, I will tell you this quick story. I know some of our other listeners have heard it after the, was it the 15 loss? I think, yeah, I think it was the 15 loss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were at Bilotti's house and, uh, or his apartment, we were watching the game and we had a number of friends over there and we had couple couple of girls uh, who are great friends, love them to death. They just had like no interest in watching the game. Meanwhile, like Bilotti and I are just dialed in. We're like, like shut the fuck up right now. Like, <laughs> I've got to, I've got to watch this game. And of course, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't end the way we want it to. And they're like, Oh yeah, whatever. It's not a big deal. I'm like, no, like I'm, I'm done with this. I remember I took somebody made like brownies or something. I walked out of Bilotti's apartment. 
I walked down like into the stairwell, just took the brownies, just threw them against the wall, walked out of his building. I'm like, I'm done with this. Get in a cab. I'm done. Like ridiculous. So, so I, we, we've tempered a bit, but we still have our moments. Winning oh. a couple titles does help. It does help. It does help. It's true. Anyway. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, we're crazy. What can I say? Um, well, I, I am curious though, like as you guys, like you played on a team, you, so your 06 team was good all year. That team was, that team was rocks out all year from the Oklahoma game through, through the BC game. You guys were just like the same, like, I don't want to say the same team all season. Like you got better, obviously, because everyone gets better, but like you guys played at a high level that entire season, but the year before you guys came into that year and people were like, unsure what kind of expectations to have of you. Uh, because you went to the NIT in uh, 02, 03, and 03, 04, and then 04, 05 was like, people were wondering, like, you guys were two years into your careers. People were wondering, like, you know, is, is Jay the guy, which is crazy to say now, but like, that was a conversation piece back then. Um, we weren't even, Rob and I weren't even in school yet, but kind of like remember and have read enough about kind of that season. Well, you guys started to get things together in the early part of the season and then really started to heat up and click like what was what's a season like that feel like as you're going through when you're getting better and like you're starting to see the results come out in the court it just it, it, it just makes you want to play more like it just you, you get hungry to, to like keep winning you know and then with all the people that would like doubt us you know obviously we didn't with Coach Wright, we didn't pay attention to that stuff. Like in the film room, he didn't say anything about that stuff. But you go back to your room, you watch ESPN, like you hear what they say and read the newspaper, you hear what everyone's saying. And it's just like, nah, we got to prove them wrong. You know, we, we went to the NIT the first two years. Like we didn't want to be no bus, you know? Like right. we came in a, a highly rec um, recruiting class, highly touted recruiting class. We don't want to be remembered like, oh, them guys ain't do nothing. Like, nah, we couldn't, we couldn't have that. So, so if I'm not mistaken, the game that kind of was the was the moment for for you guys and and for that season was the Kansas game. You Kansas came in to, at the time, was the Wachovia Center, and you guys you guys put the hurt on them. I mean, what did you have in that game? Twenty seven, something like that. Yeah, 27, only one rebound. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love when players remember, like, their stats from, like, years ago. But I remember I only had one rebound. I was disappointed in that. <laughs> but, but, man, that game kind of turned the tides, and then you guys kind of went on, went on your run. The other hallmark, though, of that season um, was, was that – you got a you had a player get hurt late in that season, uh, Curtis Sumter, who was a really key part of that season. And you guys had to find a way late uh, late on to kind of like get it together um, and and figure out a way to win basketball games late in that year. Can you tell us a little bit more about kind of how you do it? Because I'm analogizing to obviously Justin going down um, and the team kind of having to regroup. What? Can you tell us a little bit about that experience that you had uh, with, with, with Curtis going down that year? Yeah, so that was, like, devastating to all of us, you know, because Curtis was a big part of what we did that year. Um, he was a big part of the team. He was a big part of our defense, big part of our offense. And when you see your brother go down like that, 
you know, it, it hurts you. It hurts you inside, not just because he's hurt, but he can't be out there to play with you. And, you know, you get this motivation, you know, like you want to do it for him, you know, because he's not he's not able to be out there and play. Like we just had like an extra boost of motivation to like get it done for him. You know, we didn't want to want to fail and feel like we're not a good team because we don't have them, you know, let, like let's show him. Like we could do it for you, you know, like you still here with us in spirit, like on the court, you know, and I, and I think that's going to carry over with uh, with this team. You know, this team is a real close knit group and Justin going down. I mean, that 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 hurt everybody, you know, and it's it's the final four. I think these guys are going to be super motivated. You know, it's only two more games and they could be national champions. I think that's all the motivation in the world. Yeah. So, who, so, so who steps up in this case? Like what, what happens in the locker room? Like, it, is it Jay's obviously notorious for running such a, a tight lineup? Like, is it next man up scenario? Or do you think is Jay just rolling with, Hey, we've got, now we're down to kind of a six man rotation instead of seven. I mean, that's a, that's a good question, you know, but I, I do feel like the minutes is going to go to, to Arch and, and, and Antoine for sure. You know, I, I don't think, we're going to see any Trey Patterson or any of the young guys, you know, I think it's going to be solely Arch and, uh, and Antoine, but I wouldn't expect to look for scoring from them guys. You know, what we're going to need is some toughness. We need somebody that's going to come in, take charges, strap up on defense, continue to help us rebound against these bigger teams. Cause Kansas is huge. Like we're going to need rebounds. We're going to need toughness. You know, we're not really that's that's the next man up mentality right there. We're not looking for somebody to come in and score 30. That would be great. Like if these yeah. guys go off and score and score a point, but the odds of that happening are not very high. So we need somebody to come in with toughness, be locked in on defense, because you know that's Coach Wright's big thing. If if we can defend, I know you've seen this all season, if we can defend, then we got a chance of winning a game. We can't let Kansas play Kansas basketball. Right. How does it how does it change your mindset knowing that you're essentially down another guy and you've kind of got, you know, I don't want to discredit, you know, Arch and, and Antoine, but obviously, you know, they've played much more supporting roles than the guys who are now the starting five, right? Like, how does it how does it impact your mindset to say, hey, I don't I really can't pick up fouls like I've got to play really clean here. Does that shift things a lot for you as a player? Um, that's a good question because that was kind of like the situation we was in. Like coach didn't want us to foul so much. We had to like be solid on defense. Sometimes he just, he used to be like, you know, if the guy's got to score, like let him score. Like we don't need any need of extra fouls. And that also goes into like um, strategy, strategy of the game, you know, cause we were, we were well conditioned. Like that's one thing about Villanova. We were well conditioned. We was able to, to play for, um, long periods of time, but that's definitely a key. Like staying out of foul trouble is definitely one of the big things. And then like, you just got to do more, you know, Justin, you know, he's capable of grabbing 11 rebounds, you know, so like now everybody else got to pick up their rebounding, you know, everybody else got to pick up their defensive intensity, you know, and obviously some people got to pick up from scoring too, his yeah. scoring, because he, he was a um, important scorer. Yeah, totally. Does it help? Does it help a little bit from a mental edge perspective that the max amount of games left is two? 
<laughs> like no, you're not playing. Sure. So, so I mean, I know you're a Yankee fan. I mean, the, the in in 2003 in the ALCS, Mariano Rivera pitched three innings. You know, so um, to to close that game out to keep them to keep the Yankees in it before Aaron Boone hit the walk off. Like, is that like like a thing? Like hey, these guys, I'm going to throw my closer for three innings. Doesn't matter. I, like we're going to leave it all out in the court. Yeah, for sure. Like like you said, it's only two games. Like I'm just going to give it my all for the first game to get to the second game. Like there's like what else what else can you do? It's two games left. Like you just give it your all. Like you know, you're not you never know when you're gonna get back to this stage again. Right. Um yeah, I, I it's interesting. I look at it and I say Justin Moore's absence obviously scoring the ball because he makes tough shots, um, which I think sometimes like like he, he makes some shots where I'm like, wow, I can't believe he shot that because <laughs> he's got a, he's got a guy on him and he just creates a little bit of space and creates a little bit of breathing room, goes up and hits. It. Uh, so the, the shot making is, is tough, but the, but I, I think on the defensive end, he is, he's like losing him is the, is the hard, harder bit. That dude he, blocks shots too, from a guard position, yeah. right? He, he blocks a lot of shots. Yeah. Like people, that's, that's a one underrated part of his game. He's a great shot blocker. And I think that's been the I think that's been the story of the team in this year in that in that the team's gotten much better defensively. Like this team has realized. I think we thought early in the season that this team is going to get it done by being deep and running and and like and getting out and and, and kind of using like the younger guys' athleticism and kind of seeing them come along. And what's really been the story is the guys who are the, the key rotation guys just being absolutely locked in defensively. And, and Justin Moore has been a huge part of that. You remember me saying that in the beginning when yeah. we first talked about, like, I don't care if these guys playing 35 minutes, like, I don't care if they tie, like, you just got to get it done. Yeah, you did, you did say that. Yeah, you did, did say that. Yeah. True. Yeah, that, this is for this reason right here. You know, I, I, I knew that they had it in them. And that's what eventually was going to happen. And like, if they wanted to be a good team, it had to be this way. Cause I could just tell from after like the first month that coach Wright was not going to be playing the bench. You see how long it took long, long, long Gino to get, yeah. get going, you know? So I, I just knew, I knew he wasn't going to play the bench. Yeah. Do, do you happen to know, is Demir Cosby Roundtree available for any minutes or is he not playing? I have no idea about that situation. Yeah. And I, I need to I need to ask, but I'm I'm just as clueless as you guys about about that situation because I see him come in a game a couple of games during the season and then you just don't see him again. So I'm like, yeah. what's the like what's the situation? Right, because so, the guys I'm worried about are, are are from a foul trouble perspective. Like, yeah, we got Antoine and and Chris who can spell some minutes, but what we don't have is now like we don't have that flexibility to play multiple guards. So, but but then Slater and Samuels slot into the four or five role. If Samuels and and Dixon get into foul trouble, Slater's been in foul trouble in this tournament already. Samuels and Dixon being in foul trouble is really damaging for this team. Mm-hmm. Especially coming up with Kansas, like I, I feel like Kansas is going to be like forget the X's and O's. It's going to be like a player personnel game. Like for instance, McCormack in the post. You know they're gonna go down to him. You know they're gonna try to get us in foul trouble. You know they're gonna try to score. After watching some film on him, like he's left shoulder dominant. Like he's only going over his left shoulder every single time for a right, for a right hand shot. So like you just gotta be smart about that. Like 
take that away from him and make him make shots with his left hand, make him go over his uh his other shoulder. And if he makes those, okay, like we can live with that, but he's not going to his his strong, his strong side, like Remy Martin. Like he's right-handed, like he wants to go right all the time. He can go left, but he wants to go right all the time. So like, we need to make him go left, make him beat us going left. Like, I think that's what this game is gonna be about, like the personnel, cause we don't have the size, we don't have the depth to, you know, play like we've always been playing, you know, helping and taking some fouls here and there. Like, this got to be uh, one of those mental games, like locked in, player personnel. I know, like, Wilson, like, he's trying to go right every single time, trying to go to the lane. Like, that can't happen. Like, that's going to put us in a bad position. So, so I got to ask. So, you know, the, the scout that you just outlined, I assume – Jay and the coaching staff will basically give the guys something similar prior to the game, right? Like, is that, is that kind of the talk track, like the week leading up this, like, Hey, uh, Martin's always going right. Here's what we're going to do to push him left. Is it stuff like that that you guys are talking about throughout the week? Oh yeah, for sure. They, they got a scout report right now. They probably got it after the game on, uh, the, the last game, you know, like Martin on, I'm pretty sure on pick and rolls, if we could send him left, we definitely have sent him left on pick and rolls. Like Jalen Wilson, like he wants to go, he wants to attack the glass every time. And when he attacks the glass, he attacks right hand. Like he's going to the right, like a one-way sign. That's it. He's not going <laughs> to left hand or nothing like that. McCormack, like I said, everything is left shoulder with him. Then you got Brown. Brown is a pretty decent shooter from uh, outside, especially if you leave him open, but he wants to run. Like, if you ever watch highlights of him, he's fast break, getting dunks, getting finishes from them guys. And Obaji, you know, he's just – he's pretty good. He can shoot. He can get to the lane. He's super athletic. So, like, this that's what I mean. Like, this is a, a, a personnel game. Like, you're not going to be able to stop every single play that they run, but you got to know their habits, you know? This feels to me, in addition to a personnel game, like a tempo game again. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, like I watched them play Miami and Miami had the lead at halftime. And then um, Charlie Moore, who used to be on DePaul, uh, but he, he, he came into the game after being in some foul trouble in the, in the first half. And he had like no discipline on the gameplay. He just sped the game up. He was like wanting to run into a track meet and whatever. And I feel like if you let this Kansas team run, we're going to get, we're going to get, they're going to wipe the floor with us. Like, yeah. I, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like, I just don't think we can run with these guys. It's not our style. And so I feel like this is going to be such a critical thing to just slow this game to a crawl. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with what you said. Like, if we let them run and get out on the open court, like, we're dead because that's what Kansas do. And it's obvious Kansas is a very good team, you know, and, and that's what they like to do. If you if you watch the games, they force turnovers and they get out and run. Like, I'm going to put up some clips. I mean, they're grabbing rebounds, launching the ball full court, layup, layup, steal, layup, pass, pass, layup. Like, that's what they want to do. That's exactly what they want to do in offensive rebounding. Like they're a machine on the offensive glass, second second chance points. So I feel like the, the the limiting of the live ball turnovers is going to be 
super critical, um, which is good because we have the personnel to do that. We don't make a lot of turnovers. Um, and I have noticed that Caleb's been handling the ball a little bit more. Um, and he's been, he's been pretty steady handed doing that. Um, and that's another reason why I think Arch might see some minutes because he doesn't turn the ball over either all that much. Yeah. Um, I think that's more to like, try to get Colin a little bit of rest also, because he's bringing the ball up court, trying to initiate offense. And at the same time, like these teams are playing him tough as hell. They don't want him to shoot the ball. They they don't want him. They don't want him to make plays, so they're playing him tight. So if you got Caleb bringing the ball up, you know, and have Colin off ball, that gives him a little bit more opportunity. Like the team is not focused on Colin, you know, like they have to focus on somebody else, and like that way Colin can sneak in here and there, hit a couple of shots, and make some plays. Yeah. So so I got to ask. So what is what's the difference maker for Villanova? Like how does Villanova win this game? Honestly, I feel like we do a great job of not turning the ball over. And that's one of the things that Kansas do. They force turnovers and get in the open court. Um, what I am concerned about is the second chance points. Like mm. they, they'll they grab an offensive rebound, kick out for three. They'll grab an offensive rebound, get fouled. They suck at the free throw line, but at the same time, you know, it's stopping the clock. You know, they're, even if they go one for two, you know, that's just not what we do because then that's a foul. That's a, that's a foul for us. So that puts us in a bad position. So it's just like these offensive rebounds because, I mean, mm. Obaji, how tall? He's like 6'5". Wilson is 6'8". Yeah. Brown is 6'6". Six, six. And then um, the two guards, Harris and Remy, they're little. But I think we can take advantage in that area um, with them on offense you know, like we did with Houston, get them to try to send that double team and then we can move the ball that way. But my main concern is obviously the offensive rebound and second chance points. You know, we're not going to give up no fast break points and we don't turn the ball over. And that's two of the main things that they want to do and how they score majority of the points. So I'm cool with that. It's just them damn offensive rebounds because we give up 10. Yeah. And Kansas is scoring 16 points off of, 10 offensive rebounds a game. Hmm. So that's, that's pretty, yeah, it's no joke. Crazy. Yeah. Is there a particular player you're looking at to be like the guy who has to maybe not have the highest scoring total, but have like a contributory role that is above what he normally does? That is a, uh, that is the difference maker in this game on our side. Man, I think, I think it's going to be Caleb. I think, yeah. I think, I think Caleb is the one that, well, homecoming. Really, exactly. He's going home and, you know, I, I don't know if you watched, well, obviously you did watch the game, but if you paid attention, like the last couple of minutes, Caleb was a dog on the rebound. Like he was grabbing so every good. rebound, jumping over everyone for rebound, locking up, hitting clutch baskets for us, you know, and we, we're definitely going to need that from him. And I feel like with him coming off the bench this whole year, I know he felt like he was a starter, but now he's probably most likely going to be in the starting lineup. And mm -hmm. I think he's going to be thrilled about that. I think he's going to be home. He's going to be, he's going to come out ready to play. I think he he's going to be the difference maker. That's why I said like Arch and Antoine, like you come in, like if we get scoring from them, that would be cool. But I think Daniels might pick up the scoring a little bit more in uh, the absence of more. And we could, if we could just get Arch and BA to play solid and, 
not be a liability out there would be great. So what's your prediction for the game? I think it's I honestly think it's going to be like a Houston game. You know, it's going to be slow paced, slow tempo. Um, we got to make shots. Like, I, I feel like that's one of the things we got to do. We got to make shots. But uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Like, I can't, I can't sit here and tell you who's going to win. Do I think Nova can win? For sure. Like, we definitely have a chance to win. And I'm not going to say Kansas is going to win either. It's, it's going to be a grind-out battle that's going to come down to the, to the end. If it does come down to the end and we're able to keep the game in control from a tempo standpoint, I like our chances late because we're going to have the ability to get to the free throw line and, and, and get up or ice the game or whatever, or send them to the free throw line and put and make them hit their shots, um, mm -hmm. which I think gives us a mental edge. Yeah, for sure. And don't underestimate, I, I, I forgot about it. Like our defense too, like Kansas got to show that they can score on us as well. Yeah. You know, in that half court, I'm telling you, it's, it's a different ball game when you're not running up and down in fast breaks and you got to run plays. Very true. All Very right. True. So, so we got some questions before we let you go. Um, I was, um, we got, I'm going to ask a few, uh, but All right. one of the questions that we got was in the past six years, we've had three final four runs. Do you have a favorite? I mean, 2018 <laughs> like that was just that was you just love that team yeah like they just ran through everybody and like I got to talk so much trash to all my friends like <laughs> like, like 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 look at this you see this yeah Amazing. I love 20, 2018 team oh man what's uh, the so I got I got a follow-up question on that one what's the like are, are you still at that point like when Nova's making a deep run are you texting like all the guys you played with and like all the other guys on the like recent alums and stuff being like, this is awesome. Like what's the, what's the vibe there? Like, is, is everybody kind of clued into it? Yeah. So I want to say on when did Villanova play Sunday? Uh, Saturday, Saturday, oh, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Yeah. We, we get a text in the group chat from Jason Frazier and he's like, Oh, Villanova has to play slow and rebound the ball in order for them to win this game. And I'm like, Jay, you, you read my tweets, Jay. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know that ain't come from you. Like, you read my tweets. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we do talk about that stuff. And uh, like, I, I talk with coach, I, coach, I talk with Mike Nardi about it, um, about the games and stuff like that. So yeah, we, we, we stay pretty connected. Talk with Curtis something about it. Oh. I mean, it's it's a great feeling. Like you, I went to school here, so it's yeah. like no, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I mean, you guys built it, man. Yeah, you guys, no, it's no joke. You guys built it. Everyone talks about culture, this culture, that culture, this. It taught. It starts with one class, um, buying in and becoming the seniors and and coaching up the guys who were you know younger than them. Um, we graduated in '09. We saw that team make a Final Four run, and it was crazy because after you guys left, we were like, man. That was crazy, but college basketball can be so fleeting. Um, you know, it can come and go. And then just to see those guys lean on the experience that they got from you and become awesome seniors and build it in their own right was awesome. Yeah, we used to beat up on them guys in practice, man. Dwayne, 
Yeah, ask, ask Dwayne. We should beat up on him in practice. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All right, I derailed this again. Blotty, get back to our questions. Yeah, that's right. What player on our current team do you feel plays most similar to your style of play when you were at Nova? It's hard to say because, like I said earlier, I, I used to come off a lot of, like, down screens and a lot of catch and shoot, you know. I, I No one really plays like that, you know. Um, like, I, I feel like Justin, Colin, like, these guys get to the basket a little bit better than I, I did. and But I think that, you know, I shot the ball better than them. So I, I, think, I, don't I would really, think you did, yeah. <laughs> so I can't really say that there's a play on a team that really like plays like my style of, of how I play. Uh, you know who shoots better than you is Big Dicks. <laughs> Dicks. <laughs> you shoot better than everybody. That's right. Uh, uh, um, uh, if someone wants to know if you have a year of eligibility left and you want to <laughs> play on the team. <laughs> Listen, I will get torched out there right now. <laughs> we can't get you the COVID year and come back for a while. Um, I will get I will get torched. So I like this question. As a former player, what separates Coach Wright from most of the other coaches that you've played with, uh, played for? Hmm. That's interesting. The it's definitely the attention to detail. Like he he's so detail oriented, like everything has to be a certain way. And that was one of the the main things I realized about him compared to my other coaches, like in high school and like even when I played professional. And I was just like, yo, Coach Wright really knew what the hell he was doing. Like I remember I remember in Europe one time we was playing and I, I didn't help ball side. Like, the guy was driving my side, and I had a shooter in the corner, and I didn't help. And the coach got mad at me. He's like, he's like, Alan, why didn't, why didn't you help? Like, why didn't you help? I'm like, I have a shooter in the corner. Like, I'm not going to leave him help so he could pass them for the three. And he's like, no, no, you must help. You must help. But I remember being in the Big East tournament, losing to West Virginia because of that same play. I went and helped, and Mike Gansey hits a freaking corner three. And I was so pit, so pissed at myself about it. So it was just like little details like that. And, you know, and, and that was that was one of the things that we needed to learn when I was younger, like freshman, sophomore years, like stuff like that. Like, like we don't do this for that situation right there. Like, and when we got older, we understood that. Right. What but was it's your... definitely the detail. But yeah. Definitely the detail. That's cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I can see on the sidelines sometimes like villain, like as a fan, like you're watching the game and, and the other team takes a shot, they miss, we grab the rebound and he's on the sideline freaking out and he's, he's riding some guys. He's just so mad. And, and like, and like as a fan, but when you were a little bit less experienced kind of from watching the team, you're like, why is he mad? Like we, there's a good defensive possession. We got to stop. We got to rebound. We're clearing the ball out. We're going up the court. And, and then you start to watch it and you start to watch like the switching defense and whatever. Someone got lost and the offense didn't identify the mistake. So they missed a shot because they didn't take advantage. And Jay's pissed that the guy missed his switch and let the guy open to begin with, even if he didn't score. Yeah, yeah, that's how that's how he was. He was just like that. Yeah. He was just like that. 
I, like, uh-huh. I, I remember, like, let's say just for example, like we play, like we're playing Georgetown and somebody gets biased and like makes a nice play. And then coach is like, oh, well, you think, you think you're going to be able to let Raymond Felton do that when you play against these guys? He's going to kick your ass. He's going to kick your ass all night. <laughs> like, if you don't get it together, you're going to have a long night. Like, oh, you could man. get away with it. You could get away with it with this team, but you're not going to get away with it against UConn and stuff like that. So, yeah, he was, he was real detailed about that. That's amazing. Uh, good question here. Which was your favorite game in your college career? Favorite game? Yeah, I, I would probably say the first game of the tournament against uh, New Mexico State. Like that was the first time we made it to the tournament. Like we were so happy to get there and like we were so nervous. And once we won that game, it was just like a big relief. You know, we felt like, all right, like, like we're here now. But just just making it to that to the to the tournament was just like one of the biggest accomplishments for me, for me. Hey, your 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 second favorite team, UConn. I'm just kidding. I know you can't stay in UConn, but they they couldn't beat New Mexico State this year. So there you go. <laughs> oh man. Um, all right, a couple more. Is that okay? All right. Um, two questions. One is, um, do you think the '05 or the '06 team was better? Man, see now. The 05 team, we had Curtis for a, lo- a large part of the season. And then the 06 team, we had Dante. But I would have to go 05, not to say, I mean, Dante went to the NBA. He was a great player. But the way Curtis played, the scoring he gave us, the rebounding he gave us, like, we would have beat North Carolina for sure if we had Curtis. Like, I, I loved that 05 team. Oh, man. That was I such a cool O5. run that you guys had. That was yeah, cool. And, J- and Jason was relatively healthy at that time. So we got some good play from out of him too. So if you have a, so this is the second part of the question. If you have a healthy Curtis and a healthy Jason in that 06 team, and you played the 2018 team in a seven game series, who would win? In a seven game? Yeah. We win for sure with healthy Jason and Curtis. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, Jason, <laughs> wow. Jason is is protecting the rim. Like we sending everybody to Jason for sure. <laughs> but he's uh, got to chase Omari on the. He's got to chase Omari out there on the uh, uh on the on the wing trying to shoot threes. But you said you said healthy Jason. Healthy Jason can guard that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Healthy, fair enough. Healthy healthy Jason could guard that. Oh man, what a what a matchup that would be! I realize they played they could play each other, but like a, a, a college aged Kyle versus a Kyle a, a college aged Jalen Brunson would be, oh my god, <laughs> that'd be that'd be something. That would be a good matchup, yeah, for sure. The one guy who I think that you guys would have a hard time with is is Mikhail Bridges. That team, that guy, he was the difference maker in the in the eighteen team. Like I don't know, I don't know if you guys had the length for him. Yeah, well, you see what Corey Brewer did to us in '06 with uh, Florida. They was yeah. about they was about the same length and height. Yeah, Corey Brewer was like just unbelievable with his length. Like that whole team was just big. Like that's why we lost them. And they was they was just they was huge. Um, 
All right. Final one more question. This is an interesting one. The question came up: Will Nova play a little bit of zone in this game? Theoretically, maybe to uh, to, to to not chase people all over the court and get maybe a little bit of a possession or two of rest. Now, if if we get in foul trouble, I can see it. I can see us going a little bit of zone. And if Kansas isn't hitting shots, like yeah, we'll we'll go to a zone, but. When you when you go to the zone, you it's a big chance you're gonna give up a few offensive rebounds. So it's like you gotta pick your poison. But I would probably say no. But if we get in foul trouble, maybe. But other than that, I don't think so because you risking giving up offensive rebounds. That's yeah. why Coach Wright don't really like to play zone because it's yeah. offensive rebounds. Fair enough. Gotcha. All right, cool. I've got I've got an actual final question. And then I have one after that, so just, just okay. know that. All right, all right, all right. My, mine's quick. Chris and I are yeah. going down to New Orleans. Are we going to see you there? Yeah, I'm definitely trying to make it down there. If they go to the to the Maddie, I'm there for sure. All right. Well, that was like half committal. That was half committal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. I, I'm trying. To, I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. Well, well, hit us up. We will definitely be there. We'll be bouncing around. We'll do some live pods as well. You can you can stop back on yet again. Thank you. If you have an extra place to that I could sleep, I would also come. <laughs> that has been my biggest struggle. Hey, Ray, hey, Ray just changed. He just changed his mind right now. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. Some, okay, so so my question kind of stems off what Rob said. It's it's rare that I ever. I'm mad you guys haven't asked a question, but this was maybe the most obvious question the entire show. Final Four is in New Orleans. Hey, Ray, we're all around the same age. This is the most important New Orleans question anyone will ever ask you. No limit or cash money? Oh, cash money. I'm going with cash money. That makes sense, I, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a cash money guy. I, I grew up on, on, on Lil Wayne. That's my dude. I just liked all the albums back in the day of the same block letters and the same pose. There was like 16 of them, just with all the different dudes on the front. <laughs> with, uh, with Cash Money? Yeah, or it was with, the uh, same exact no block font. And like them standing in front of like a, a blue screen flames coming out of something that shouldn't be on fire. No Limit used to have some funny looking covers too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They, they held it down. That, that's all I had. Back on me. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> awesome all right i think that's all we got here um hey ray i really appreciate you coming on this has been great insightful um uh, certainly more insightful than our, our fans normally get on our podcast so sure. I, I really appreciate it all right yeah no problem for sure and and we hope to see you especially if we make it it sounds like we'll see you especially if we win a game so I so know, yeah. i'm definitely yeah, I'm, I, de I definitely got that time, that time off. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, let's go. Nova.